Well, good morning. Happy Mother's Day. How about that Bee Mom song? Yeah. See, Dale? It wasn't so bad. Yeah, it's really good. <laughs> I said you had to watch the video first. So the video makes all the sense. Yeah, Tim and Blaine are music guys down at the other two campuses. They did that heavy-duty uh, interview with those kids and then uh, put that song together, which I thought was pretty good. Well, again, happy Mother's Day. Great to have you all here today. Thanks for coming, celebrating mom and um, making that part of, of your life. You know, we've been talking about um, winning the war for our minds. And so as we were kind of laying this out, Jason and I were talking about how we we're going to lay out uh, this series. We kind of felt like, you know, last week we talked about fear of the future, kind of just, you know, what's going on with our government, what's going on with our country, you know, blah, blah, blah. And we also thought, you know, on Mother's Day, it would be really good, I think, to talk about uh, the fear that we have as it pertains to our children's future. Because uh, I'm assuming, for those who are raising kids, and uh, that could be parents, it could be grandparents, it could be aunts and uncles uh, nowadays, uh, as we're raising kids, or really us as grandparents who are watching our children raise kids, which, uh, you know, if they just ask me, I, I, you know, I would have the answers for all their troubles. But anyways, we're not going to get into that. But no doubt that that's a, that's a fear. That's a battle in our minds between, you know, our beautiful little kids and what's going on in our world today and, and what's going to happen with our kids. How do we deal with that? We live in a world that we as adults didn't grow up in. Uh, we didn't have to deal with the whole issues of pronouns, for instance. It was clear. Um, he, she, they, we. It was all very clear. But today, it's not clear. Um, the government and the schools and media wants us to not have it clear, to be uncertain about what it is. And so our kids are going to grow up in that. And how do they respond to that? We didn't have to deal with all the, the gender issues and, and what's going on there, the pressures that our kids are having to deal with. We don't have to deal with our kids being sexual, or we didn't have to deal with our, us being sexualized the way our kids are today in, in school and in media, even in some churches that's happening, in libraries. I mean, it's, it's happening throughout our culture. We didn't really have to deal with that. We could go find places that would do that. But today, it's in our face, it's in our schools, and like I said, even in some of our churches. And we know from the Bible, it's only going to get worse. That that's the natural progression that's happening in our world, and we know that's going to happen. But, but what if, in the midst of all that, in the midst of a, of a country and a culture that's seemingly falling around all around us, what if we could see, not only in our lives, but you can go ahead to the next slide, that, that in our children's life, that there's a possibility that these things could be true for our children, that they could have a, a long and full life, and we'll talk about what that means, or to be in good standing with God and in others. Wouldn't it be great to know that as your kid grows up and they become adults, that they're going to be in good standing with God and, and with other people? have clarity in decision-making. Again, they don't want to listen to me, so you know I could make their life so much easier uh, if they just asked me. Be emotionally stable. Oh, my word. 
Wouldn't we love to know that our children, as they grow up to become adults, that they're going to be emotionally stable in a world that is, it's not even unstable. It's collapsing. Or have their spiritual, mental, emotional, and physical needs met. And to grow to trust God in everything. Today we want to talk about how to win the battle for our minds that pertains to our children and the children's future. Go ahead and turn to Proverbs chapter 3. <clears throat> Excuse me, we're going to, I'm going to read another verse first, but we're going to be in Proverbs chapter 3, which is a, it's an Old Testament book. This is written thousands of years ago. But if you were to read through Proverbs, it's as if you're reading about today. The truths that are in this uh, book are timeless truths. They're what we call general truths. They're not necessarily promises from God, but generally speaking, if a person lives their life a certain way, there's going to be certain outcomes in their life. And I know for Kim and me, um, you know, we chose to do life God's way. Because here's the question before us. The battle really is, if there is a battle, the battle is, am I going to raise my kids God's way? Or am I going to raise my kids my way? Or how the culture tells me to, or the school tells me to, or uh, social media tells me to, or my best friend who's got kids a little older than mine, how they're telling me to do it. What, that's going to be the battle, if there is a battle. Some people don't, there is no battle for them. They're, whether they're a Christian or not a Christian, they're just going to do what they want to do. But for those of us who want to see our kids in, in connection with God and growing in a relationship with God, there is going to be a battle. And so as Kim and I were as singles prior to ever meeting, we both made decisions that we wanted to do life God's way. That we said, no, in spite of what our friends might be telling us, and even some of our Christian friends might tell us, or our family might tell us, or coworkers, or whatever, in spite of what people are going to tell us, we're going to figure out what it is that God wants us to do, and we're going to do life that way, as best we can. We're not perfect. Nobody is. When we got married, we decided, hey, we're going to do our marriage that way. We're going to raise our kids that way. And so we made decisions about our kids and what they were going to do or not going to do. And we had friends and family and kids' uh, classmates and their parents. And a lot of people said, what are you doing? That's so weird. Well, we didn't care because we knew we were going to stand before God one of these days for how we raised our kids. And I wasn't going to stand behind you know, or in front of Joe Schmo, whoever that guy might be. I wasn't going to stand in front of anybody but God for how I was a husband, how I was a father. And Kim said the same thing. And so with our kids, and to, the, to this day, they seem to be okay. They seem to be doing life God's way. They're still working through stuff. And they, you know, they search out God's Word and try to figure out how to do life that way. And that's not a promise that that's going to happen as we see this one verse. But it, it's, a, it, it's certainly more potential for that happening in your kid's life, if we as parents have that example. And again, kids have free will. My kids had free will. They had crisis of belief. They struggled through stuff. Excuse me. They struggled through stuff. They, they had to make decisions. Um, you know, eventually they moved out of our house, and so I was no longer in control of their life. <laughs> um, and so, again, thank the Lord for that. But I'm going to read this... Uh, this verse right here as we kind of get things kicked off. We're going to read this verse and we're going to jump back to Proverbs 3. But here's the general truth that Solomon tells us. God, of course, is the one who's leading Solomon to, to write these things. And he says, train up, and that word has this idea of dedicate or devote or teach, a child in the way he should go, uh, how he should live their life, even when he is old, 
So when they're an adult, he will not depart from it. He won't reject. Notice, Solomon doesn't say whether the training is good or bad. It just is. You know, it's training. So if you train your kid incorrectly, the general truth is what will probably end up happening, though the child has free will and things may change and God may do something, but generally speaking, if you train your kid how you think you, they should be trained, they will grow up to be like you. You train them the way God says to train them. Generally speaking, it's not a promise, but generally speaking, and certainly there's more possibility of it happening than if you don't, they're going to grow up to do life God's way. Again, general truth. And so to train up, this, this has, this, again, this idea of dedicated or committed to it. This isn't just formal training. This is informal training. This is who you are. Uh, this is how you think, because that comes out in, in your words. It comes out in your actions. It comes out in the decisions that you make. How you respond to people, how you respond to circumstances. All the things that you do, how you live, the example you're setting. God's trying to tell us, hey, listen, you do that as you're training, you're doing it, whether you like it or not, you're, you're training them in a certain way. And so parents, this is your responsibility. It doesn't say, it's not talking to grandparents, it's not talking to the government, not talking to schools, not talking to church, not talking to your neighbors, not talking to your friend. It's talking to you as parents. You have the God-given responsibility to train your child, and you will stand in front of God for how you've trained your child. There's an illustration. I've heard this before, but there's a little little boy named Johnny. He's always named Johnny. And uh, Johnny was out running errands with his dad. Maybe you've heard this one. He's out running around, so they're driving around. It's a Saturday. It's after 10 in the morning when all the crazy drivers are out, and they've already had their breakfast, and now they're looking for the store, and they're not in the turning lane to go into the store. They're looking at this and going really slow. And so Johnny's dad is a little irritated. And so he was having conversations with those drivers with what was going on and what he thought of those drivers. And the kid gets back home. And then on Monday, the mom takes the kid, Johnny, to, to school. And as they're driving to school, Johnny's looking around. And the mom's like, what's up, Johnny? And Johnny's like, where are all the idiots? You know. Kids are always picking up. Kids are smart. And so you're either dedicated to God's way of living your life, which is training your child, or you're committed to your way, which you're training your child. Or there's this also this other pseudo-Christian way of living. It has a little bit of like maybe of God stuff and, and maybe a little bit of you and maybe a little bit of somebody else, but you, you're, you're a Christian, so you kind of call it Christian, but it becomes this, this kind of this mess. It's really confusing and and I've seen this happen a lot, and as kids get older, all they look at their parents as is hypocrites. Because they're not really making a decision one way or another. It's just something in the middle, and it's confusing. So what we teach them, they soak in. And what's squeezed out of them then is they become adults, and they face the issues of life, because I know the school says that 
the kids shouldn't have any issues and shouldn't have any struggles in their life and they should all be happy. But we all know as adults that's not reality. Eventually life hits them. And if you want um, God to be squeezed out of them in a good sense, then we need to be putting into them. If we want us to be squeezed out of them, then we just continue to put us into them. So what do your kids see as important in your life? We, we talk about a number of things that are kind of the core of what a, a Christian a follower of Christ should, should have in their life. And it's straight out of the Bible, and there's some things. But I, so I just threw a couple of them, five of them up here. First of all, is, it, is time with God in the Bible important to you? Don't answer it out loud. Just think about it. Is it? Do your kids know that? How would they know that? I'm not saying coming to church and hearing me or Jason teach. I'm saying to you, in your life, do your kids see you with the Bible open, reading, studying, praying? I've, talked, I've told you guys this before. My dad... I can't remember a time when he was alive that at 9 to 9.30 to 10 o'clock he was reading the Bible and he was praying. And even, I was talking to somebody else, even when I was older, had kids, we came and visited my parents. My dad would find time to do that. Even when we were here visiting. You know, Is it important to you? Do your kids think it's important to you? How do you, how do you speak to each other? How do you speak to your kids? How do you speak to other people? How do you speak about your spouse or to your spouse? How do you speak about your kids or about other people? What are your kids learning from your, what comes out of your mouth? The attitudes that come out, the responses that come out. How, how about connecting with your church family? Now I know, and I, believe me, I, I wrestle with this all the time because I think some people think, oh, Harold, you're just saying that because you're a pastor and you want to have people in the seats and you want to be able to tell me, oh, there's this many people at church. no, I believe Ephesians 4, 11 through 16. <laughs> okay, that's just one passage. That, that passage says that as followers of Christ, being part of the body of Christ, that we have a responsibility to be together with our church family so that we will grow spiritually as individuals to be healthy and that the church together then would be healthy. That if you're not attending church, if you're not part of a church community and here on a regular basis worshiping together, then you are not spiritually healthy. I'm not saying that. Ephesians 4 is saying that. God is saying that. Now you're all here, and hopefully you're here on a regular basis. But we, we need to be... So are, does the kids... Do your kids see that? Because they're learning. What about serving your church family? Do the kids see in your life that it's, that it's important to serve other people around you. Because here's the dynamic. We're told in this world that it's all about me. I, 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 me, me. What I think is what I, it was true to me. And if I think a certain thing, then you need to believe what I think and you need to, to uh, uh, affirm what I think and it's, it's I, 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 me, me, me. But that leads to a very self-focused adult. This is why we see what's going on in our world. So do your kids see how it's important to serve others? To put other people before themselves? Do they? Because there's a, there's a practical thing for yourself in that. Now, Kim and I were talking this week, and she had a rough week this week, and I didn't help. And so we had to have a conversation. I had to apologize because I, I kind of made things a little more difficult for her. And, 
But she said, I came out a Thursday night and I just felt so much better. And I said, why is that? Well, because people were sharing what they're going through. Health challenges, family challenges, financial challenges. She goes, you know what? I got it so good. Yeah, serving does that. When you can see what other people are going through and how good you actually have it. What about sharing your faith? Do your kids know your story? You have placed your faith in Christ. Do they know how you came to Christ? Do they know the goods and the bads in going on? Do, you know, do they know the struggles that are going in your life? It's okay to share that. To, to talk about spiritual things together. Now some of you might be thinking, oh man, I, I just really messed up. I'm, I'm done for. I didn't do that with my kids or I'm not doing that with my kids. But you might be thinking, hey, listen, this is just who I am. This is how I am. You know, I have anger issues. That's just who I was raised that way and blah, 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 blah. And listen, those are lies. Again, we're talking about this series. We're talking about the fact that God says in Romans 12 too that he will renew the way we think and he will transform the way we live. And so we have to recognize the fact that the way we think is wrong. In and of ourselves, how we think is wrong. It's not how God wants us to think. There has to be a change in the way we think. And so you haven't messed up to the point that there's no return. You can make change today. You are, you are who you were born, but doesn't mean you stay that way. God can change those things. And so you need to reject the thoughts and replace them with God's truth. And then he'll change the way we live. And the kids and our grandkids will see that. They'll see the adjustment even, which is a good thing. All right, so let's, let's move on with, uh, we're going to look at these things that God's, we talked about here at the beginning. And again, grandparents, this is important for us to know, but even if you don't have grandkids or kids, or you're just sitting here going, ah, you know, I'm just trying to get up in the morning. Listen, all of this is for all of us, okay? This, these things, we're just kind of, kind of bringing it around to moms and parents. But here's the first one. So again, Solomon's talking, but Solomon's being led by the Holy Spirit, so we believe this is from God. It says, my son, do not forget my teaching, which again is found in the Bible, but let your heart, which is also the mind, it's kind of the, the Bible kind of puts the heart and the mind together, keep my commandments, which again are found in the Bible. Why should I do that? For length of days and years of life and peace, they will add to you. And so this first one, that we can have this long life, this long, full life. Now, he's not saying we don't have troubles. He's not saying we don't have struggles. He's not saying we won't have bad days or health issues or job situations or financial issues. You know, cars won't break down. He's not saying that. What he's saying that in the midst of all that, we can have a full life, a, a long, full life. He has this idea of, of safety, the peace part. He has this idea of safety. That we know that in spite of what we're going through, God's got it. It's this peace with God. It's a safety due our, to our confidence in God. And so we can have this long, full life, this composed and in the midst of trouble. Not that we're not freaking out every once in a while, but we come back to this fact that God's got this. God is working the situation out. He's making things work as He wants them to work. And so as we look at the rest of this stuff, but then our kids will see that. And they'll recognize that. And they'll begin to hopefully put that into their life as well. So how do we make sure we do that? How do we make sure that, that that's going to happen in our lives? Well, first of all, we don't forget what God's teaching. Which means you have to be in the Bible. 
right? Because that's where the teaching comes from. Yeah, be here, but you need to be in it. You need to be reading it. And I, I hear all the time, well, pastor, I just don't, I just don't comprehend. I just I read and I forget and I read and I can't remember. Listen, I get it. I'm human too, people. I know I'm incredibly smart. <laughs> and uh, and he may be even you know, possibly good looking a little bit. I get that. But <laughs> sorry, I just choked on that one. <clears throat> I realize I'm so sorry. Anyways. Why do I know what I know? It's because now I'm old and I spent years reading the Bible, studying it, the number of journals I have. I, you can, I throw them away after, but I've gone through pages and pages and ink and ink. Why? Because I don't remember anything. I've got to write it down. I've got to be reminded of it. Have we talked about the grow class recently? I, I think we have, maybe. We've got the grow class coming up. We've got six people signed up. We've got like 90 people in our church who have not taken that class. Sign up. It's only two and a half, three hours of your time, plus there's good food. You can bring your kids and we'll put them in a room and lock them away and you'll have a, like a, a break. It's awesome. We'll, we'll show you some really easy ways that you can read God's word. And he says, let your heart keep my commandments. Again, heart has this idea of the center of who you are, your core. What's important to you? What is it? What motivates you? Why do you do what you do? And, and so what God's saying is, I want my commands to be the core of who you are. My commands to be the, the things that you choose to do and that you're motivated by, not what you want, not what you think. And if we commit to this, then he says, hey, you're going to come to the end of your life. It's going to be a full and, and peaceful life, despite what might be going on in your mind. Because again, it's winning the battle of our minds. Next one. Do not let kindness, as the idea of mercy and truth, which again, found in the Bible, leave you. Bind them or tie them around your neck. Write them, or which means to engrave them on a tablet of your heart. Why do I do that? So you will find favor and good repute or good standing in the sight of God and man. And so that again, this favor, good repute, this, this idea that God would want to bless you. And the example I always use is if one of my kids says, hey, I want to mow the lawn, and we don't have a lawnmower, I'm going to make sure they get a lawnmower. I'm going to bless them with what they need, a lawnmower. Why? Because they want to do what their dad asked them to do. That's how it is with God. If we want to do life God's way, God's going to, hey, I'm going to give you whatever you need to do life my way. He's not going to give us what we need to do life our way. And a lot of us are praying for that. Lord, give me this, give me that, give me this, but it's so that I can keep doing what I want to do. God's not going to give you that. Because that's not what life's supposed to be, about you building your kingdom. It's about us doing life God's way. And so he's going to, have, he's going to be favored. He's going to want to give us what it is that we need in order to do life his way. We're going to have a, a good reputation with God and with, uh, with men, people. So how do we do that? And how do our kids see us wanting that in our lives? Well, he says, don't let kindness and truth leave you. Kindness, it's mercy, it's, it's love moved to action, it's caring about other people. Again, our world doesn't care about other people. Just look at what's going on in our world. If they care about them, it's so they can get, a, get something out of them. But we need to be merciful, we need to be kind and caring, compassionate. We need to, to walk in truth, we need to live out what God says, how God says to live, not how we think. He says, bind them around your neck. 
didn't put that picture up, I hope. Okay. You know, for us older people, Flavo Flav, right? Yeah, boy, he's got the old clock. I just love that one. I, I use it all the time. It's, it's hilarious. You younger people, you have no clue what we're talking about. But back in the day, you know, back when it was hip, you know, we, yeah, boy. So we need to, we need to put God's truth around our neck. What does that mean? We need to live so people see it. We need to be walking around and people, oh man, that person is so compassionate. That person does what God wants them to do. They're, they look like people who are trying to do life God's way. He says, write them on a tablet of your heart. It's not going to be shown in our lives unless it's written in our heart. Again, he keeps coming back to the heart. The heart is the core of who we are. What motivates us? We're typically motivated by self, what self wants, what self thinks, our opinion. God says, no, I want that change. I want what I think, my opinion, in your life. God continues on. As Solomon instructing his son, he says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Not, not bits and pieces, not this and that, but everything. And do not... Lean on your own understanding. In other words, don't lean on what you think or what your opinion is. In all your ways, the small and the large things, acknowledge Him. In other words, Lord, what is it that you want me to do? In this situation, because I'm thinking this way, what do you say I should think? Because my opinion is this, God, what is your opinion? Because I want to respond like this, God, how do you want me to respond? And He will make your paths straight. Again, the whole idea of paths, that's your life. That's how you're living life. It's, it's the direction that you're going in, the decisions that you're making. He'd make them straight. And it means to have a linear, linear movement without wandering or turning. Things get in our way, and we're not really sure what to do. Well, God comes in, and it's actually what he's illustrating here. Back in the day, the, the kings would go along, the people would carry the king along in his chair or whatever, and he would have servants running out ahead, and the servants would move obstacles out of the way so that it would be nice and a smooth path. And so that's what God's going to do for us. He's going to take the obstacles and move them out of the way. How does he do that? I don't know, a bunch of different ways that he could do it. But he, he offers to do that. But what do we need to do? Well, we need to trust in the Lord with all your heart. Trusting, believing, trusting, saying, I, I see what God's Word says, but I, th- I see what I think. I'm not going to do what I think. I'm going to do what God's Word says, despite what I think. That's trusting. In all of, all, with all my heart, with my thoughts, with my motivations, with how I respond. It's, it's everything from within me. Don't lean on your own understanding. It's this idea of, of leaning. And this would be my, I'm going to lean on this, I'm going to believe what I think, and I'm going to respond based off of what I think. He said, don't, don't do that. Why? If we get anything, get this. I know this is going to be controversial. The way you and I think without God putting into it is sin. It's wrong. It's dangerous. It's hurtful. We talked about this a couple weeks ago, and the mindset in the flesh is death. It's destructive. You're sitting there, and I hear myself saying it, and I'm like, oh my word, that is really like, that is so crazy talk. My, my mind's telling me that. Because that just sounds weird, doesn't it? Because we are so smart. We are so good. We have so much experience. We've been to school. 
Some of us have been to Bible school. <laughs> We've gone through the school of hard knocks. We know. Yeah, we know wrong. It's the reason why we were in the school of hard knocks for some of us. Because we made bad choices. Don't lean on your own understanding. Stop it. Cut it off. In all your ways, acknowledge Him. God, what do you want me to do? What do you, how do you want me to think? We acknowledge Him. He goes on. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Different way of saying the same thing. Fear or respect the Lord and turn away from or reject evil. And again, evil, we're like, ooh, no, evil is sin. And so it's just the way we think. So we need to re- reject that. It, continually doing this, will be healing this. I love this verse. We talk about, you know, five and six, but man, seven and eight. Will be healing to your body and refreshment to your bones. You know what he's saying there? He's saying, man, if you just trust me, if you just listen to what I have to say, if you just take my thoughts and make them yours, if you respond to life, change the way you think, change the way you respond, God's saying, listen, you're going to be emotionally stable. You're going to be emotionally whole. You guys, listen. Is that not what our world needs? Is it that not what we crave? We're going to be talking a couple more weeks on this, but one of the things that hit me yesterday is, you know, we're all, you know, and we use the words that we use, but we're all depressed. There's not one person in this country who looks at this country and says, hey, this is awesome. Even those who are excited about what's happening, there's a reason why suicides are up. It's because people are depressed. We as Christians, we are depressed. We see what's going on in the world. And so we're all starting at this real low emotional place. But God's saying, listen, no, just do it my way. Think the way I think. Respond the way I say to respond. And I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you refreshing to your bones. It means deep down inside of who you are, your core, your, your bones are your structure. That your very base for existing, you'll, you'll find refreshment. God and His Word, not anything else. It's huge. I mean, it's just, it's huge. I could go on and on. But here's the big battle. Here's the question. When, when God's Word says something... And we disagree. Who's wrong? Don't answer it. Think about it. God says, hey, do this or think this way, or respond this way, and we're over here going, hmm, no. Who's wrong? Someone's wrong. Who's wrong? We are. Every time. And until we get that, until we know that at the core of who we are in our heart, the battle will be more difficult than it has to be. There's always going to be a battle because we're still in this fleshly body. He goes on. Honor the Lord. In other words, show Him that He's trustworthy from your wealth. And everyone's, you're talking about 
money now, and from the first of all your produce, so we're talking about money here, why do I give up my money? And I put it in parentheses for a reason, or quotations. Why do I give up my money? Well, so your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. Oh, great, I'll have a bunch of stuff, I can have a party and we can all get drunk. That's not what he's talking about at all. What he's talking about, that's their basic way of living. They were agricultural, all right? What he's saying there is, if you honor me with your finances, now, they're not technically my finances. Why? Because everything that I have is from God. The strength that I, can, that I have to do the job I have, the job that I have is given for, to God, from God to me, it's a gift from God. The, the finances that come in then, therefore, are God's. Everything is God's. Psalm 24. Everything is God's. He just gives me a portion of what he's got for me to manage according to his will, what he desires, how he wants me to do it for his sake. I don't build my little kingdom. We, we tend to do that, but we're supposed to be building his kingdom, we're supposed to be reaching people for Christ, helping them grow in their faith, and we use our, the finances he gives us in order to make that happen. And so, so if, he goes, if you're, if you're willing to understand it, by the way, we'll talk about that in a grow class. If you haven't signed up for it, you'll hear about it. Sign up. I don't have my phone, so I can't hear all the emails. Ding, 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 ding. People signing up. Ding, ding. I can... I hope it's not too distracting back there for you guys, all the dings going on in my phone. So we, we give back to him a portion, and it's just a portion we've agreed upon with God. It's cheerfully and sacrificially. We do that. What we're doing is that we're honoring him. We're saying, I trust you that you're going to help me provide for my bills. That if I give you first, so like for Kim and me, the first thing, we get paid on Thursday, the first thing he does, he writes the offering. Why? Because we believe that if we do that, God's going to provide for our needs. And it's actually needs plus. You know, we, we have a lot in my house that's not needed, but God's allowed me to have. Why? Because he's a gracious God and allows us to do that. And so we honor him. And if we do that, then our needs will be met. And it's not just our physical needs. It's our emotional, it's our spiritual, it's our physical. All these needs will be met. And then the last one. My son, do not reject the discipline or the training of the Lord. You might be saying, well, what's, this sounds kind of out of place. It's not really when you think about it. Do not reject the discipline or training of the Lord or loathe his reproof. Why? For whom the Lord loves, he reproves, even as a father corrects the son in whom he delights. Why is he saying that? Well, because everything we just got done talking about is training. It's hard. It takes constant reminding. It's like the people who like to do sports. I, I, I eat chips, but the, those who want to do sports, you know, what do they do? They're all practicing. They're all doing stuff. They do two-a-days and three-a-days, and people who do music, they're always playing. And last time I picked up my trombone years ago, I blew one time, and my lips blew up real huge. You know, again, I eat chips. I just leave those. He says, hey, don't reject don't avoid, don't have a displeasure for what God's doing. Don't look at these previous verses and go, eh, I got this. Oath them. Don't be irritated by them. Because what's God doing? God's, he loves us and he's training us. He's developing us to be more spiritually mature, to be more like Christ, as we find out in the New Testament, to, to have this trust in God. The, the more we 
obey him, the more we trust him. It's just a natural progression, and we grow spiritually. Well, there's a lot in these 12 verses. I'm going to close with uh, three takeaways. The third one's going to be Clark. Um, hopefully he doesn't tip over. He's got this whole contraption over here. But let me give you a couple, and I want to hand it off to Clark. He's going to close the service. First one is this. From all of this, evaluate your life against God's word. Because all of us have ways that we're thinking and ways that we're responding that are contrary to what God wants. It's it just natural. This is who we are. So evaluate. Where am I not thinking the way God wants me to think? Where am I not responding the way God wants me to respond? Just take time this week. And then secondly, commit to a God-focused life. Say, okay, this is where I'm thinking, or how I'm thinking. This is how I'm responding. It's not what God says I'm supposed to do, so I'm going to commit to doing it His way. And man, we're here for you. We want to help you with that. There's a grow class that's coming up. But the more you know, and then the more you trust Him, the more you're going to grow in that. And the more you're going to want to continue to do what God's called you to do. Listen, I wrote this down so I wouldn't forget. The level of a parent's fear for their child's future is directly connected to the depth of trust they have in God. So you're always going to be concerned about your kids. You're always going to be concerned about your grandkids. But the more you trust God, the less you're going to fear. Why? Because God's got it. He's going to be working. And he's going to be working in their life. And Lord willing, they turn to him. The third thing is, for those of you who have kids in the home, and even for grandparents, to start a family worship time. It's something that the Shreks have been doing, and so I just want Clark to share real quick, and he's going to close in prayer. Thanks. Thank you. Happy Mother's Day. Good news. Uh, He said I had like 25 minutes, so I'll try to be a little quicker than that. Yeah, perfect. So, yes. Thank you. Uh, so if any of you are like me, um, you know, before I heard what family worship is, you may be asking, you know, what is family worship? It's, it's literally just a, a dedicated time every day we come together as a family to, to worship the Lord. Uh, this is, it's not something new. Uh, this has been around pretty much since the, the beginning of the church. There's uh, actually a lot of records dating back um, where churches were kind of giving guidance to the congregation on how to do family worship at home. Uh, how we do it. We basically, every day, we, we sing a song together, we read in the Bible together, we, we talk about what we read, uh, and then we take time to pray. Um, so, you know, when we sing a song, uh, generally, uh, we'll, we'll sing a hymn, sometimes we'll sing contemporary Christian uh, song, but we, we sing a song together as a family. Um, then we read in the Bible, we read about 15 verses a day. There's five of us, so, you know, each person reads about three verses. Sometimes, you know, we read a little more. Sometimes we read a little less, just depending on what's going on. Uh, but then we take time to, to talk about it. You know, what, what's going on in, in the verses we read? What can we take away from those to apply to our lives? What, um, you know, what can we learn about God from the verses we read? You know, how can we know more about who God is and how we can trust him? Um, you know, if the kids have any questions or if there, there are any questions, we take time to, to answer those questions as well. Uh, and then we pray together. You know, I'll, we'll go around and if there's any prayer requests, we'll take those and I'll just lead, uh, lead the family in prayer. Um, it doesn't matter, you know, if we have, if the kids have friends over, if we have company over, um, you know, when it's time for, for family worship, we just ask everybody, you know, whoever's there to, to join in with us. Um, you know, and we, 
you know, we all just uh, take that time together. Uh, and I would love to say, you know, every day when it's time for family worship, uh, you know, I call the kids like, you know, hey, let's, let's go. It's time to, uh, for family worship. They're like, yes, dad, let's go. And they're all excited. You know, the reality is most of the time it's like, dad, come on. I got other stuff I'm doing right now. You know, but we, we still come together uh, as a family and we, we spend that time uh, in worship. Um, you know, overall, the, the results of uh, family, you know, I don't know that I can say fully right now uh, what it is. Um, you know, I know as a family um, and, and the kids, they're, they're learning how to study the Bible. They're learning more about who God is and how they can trust him. Uh, you know, I hope that uh, as they continue to grow, um, you know, that they will uh, learn to, to follow Christ and live their lives for Christ. And, and that's a big reason, uh, you know, we take time to, to do this every day. Uh, if anybody has any questions, you want some more information, there's a lot of resources out there for, for family worship. I can point you in the right direction. Uh, just see me afterwards and I would, uh, I'd be happy to give you some more information on that. Uh, at this time, if we just bow our heads, we'll close in prayer.